You may be wondering, why in the world is Brother Bill up here ready to start preaching first thing? Well, the reason I'm here is we're going to discover today that if we will follow the words of Scripture, that uh, some great things might happen. We're going to learn today that in Nehemiah chapter 8, Nehemiah had Ezra, the priest, he had him to come and share the word of God with all the people. And then the people responded to the word of God that was shared. They responded with worship. And they responded with life change. So this morning we thought, hey, we're going to try it like Nehemiah did it. And let's see if it makes a difference in our lives as well. Our focus today is on listening. If you're listening, say amen. Amen. Good deal. That's what I ask the kids all the time. If you're listening, raise your hand. All right. Y'all are all in. You're in tune. Specifically, we're going to be talking about listening to God. It's important, first of all, to remember that listening is not just a auditory stimulation, listening is action. Listening is actually paying attention. Listening is also obeying. Listening is also following what God has to say to us. In chapter 6, we found that in 52 days, in right smack in the heat of summer, In the midst of intense opposition, Nehemiah has led God's people to successfully rebuild the wall and do it around the city of God, Jerusalem. Now, it would have been real easy for Nehemiah to say here, Whew! I'm glad that's done. Amen? But that ain't what God said. God was not done with Nehemiah just yet. There is still much to do in amongst God's people. So as Nehemiah and his people followed the vision to rebuild God's premises, we learned that our own God-given purpose is in light here. Our own God-given purpose uh, is important here. And we're going to have to have courage To fulfill it. Say courage. We're going to have to have courage to fulfill our God-given purpose. We're going to have courage to respond to the truth. We're going to have to have courage to meet the need. To move ahead. To work as a team. Because teamwork makes the dream work. Praise God. Amen. We're going to have to have courage to face our fears. We're going to have to have courage to confront sin, courage to stay the course, and courage to be a leader. But now that the people are safe, behind the rebuilt walls, the harder job is about to begin. The harder job is about to begin. The harder job is challenging God's people to rebuild their understanding of what it means to walk in a covenant relationship with God. Often that is exactly what we in the church need. 
And it all begins with what we find in this book. We must have courage to listen to God's Word. You know, human beings have a natural need to hear the truth. We have a natural need to hear the truth about ourselves. To hear the truth about our relationships. We have a natural need, friend, to hear the truth about our relationship, our walk with God. But also, we have a natural need to face the future that God has in front of us. Now, as we look at these verses today, there is one thing that I want you to see. There's one thing in today's passage that I want you to see, and that is this. There will not be one mention of the wall. The wall is done. And as Nehemiah starts to map out God's blueprint for rebuilding the church and rebuilding your life, he shifts our focus on a vi- from a vision to rebuild God's premises to a vision of rebuilding God's people. But I want to reiterate this. This vision to renew God's people is not something that Nehemiah concocted. Friends, this is God's vision for you. And so this has incredible implications on the church today. So today in Nehemiah chapter 8, we're going to see two responses. Two responses that God's people had to the Word of God. Now what that means is, is that your sermon only has two points. And the people of God said... (laughs) You're supposed to say amen. All right? Two points today. Now, you ask any true Christian, if you ask any true Christian, and they will tell you that they want to grow spiritually. No Christian finds himself satisfied with where he is with the Lord. We always want to grow closer to God and grow spiritually. However, not all Christians are willing to do what's necessary to accomplish that goal. If you're going to grow spiritually, if you're going to grow closer to God, you must respond appropriately to what God has said. You have to respond appropriately to the authority of Scripture In your life. And if you don't, then you will never be as close to God as you want to be. You will never be able to grow spiritually the way that all Christians should want to grow. You must be willing to listen to God by knowing and obeying this Bible. So, what is our first response to God's Word? Our first response to the Lord will be to exalt Him... In his word. On page 435 in the Bibles in front of you. In Nehemiah chapter 8. I'm going to begin in verse 1. And we'll read about half of the uh, verses today. In verse 1, Nehemiah chapter 8. The Bible says, Now all the people gathered together as one man. Can I tell you that's what we have done this morning? 
We've all gathered together as one person. And they did so in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. And then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate, get this, from morning to midday. Before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive. To the book of the law. And so Ezra the scribe. Stood on a platform of wood. Literally a pulpit. A platform of wood. Which they had made for the purpose. And beside him at his right hand. Stood Matthiah. Shema. Aniah. Urijah. Hilkiah. Messiah. At his left hand. Padiah. Mishael. Malchijah. Hashem. Hashbandana. Zechariah. And Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in sight of all the people. For he was standing above the people when he opened it. And all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen. While lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And also Jeshua, Bani, Serbijah. Jamin, Akab, Sebathai, Hodijah, Hanan, Peliah, and all the Levites helped the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place, and so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense. They gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. When I read that passage first time, I said, man, those people were hungry. Those people were hungry for the Word of God. I believe that by hungering for the Word of God, we prove just how valuable it is. If you can go all day without reading from the book, if you can go all day without hearing from God, can I tell you, you ain't very hungry. Amen? We all ought to hunger for the Word of God because it is so valuable. But apparently, for no reason, these people gathered together in the square, but they all have the same thing. They all have hungry hearts for the Word of God. It didn't matter if they lived close by or far away. It didn't matter if they had a lot of money or didn't have any. It didn't matter if they liked fish or hamburgers. It didn't matter. They all had one thing in common. They were all hungry for the Word of God. And can I tell you that as is proven by your attendance this morning, apparently you've got a hunger for the Word as well. And I want to uh, commend you on that. Although at times we may disagree on various meanings or uh, understandings of the Word, we know, we all know, that there is great value in listening to God as He speaks through this Word. So what do we need to do as believers? 
We need to focus our attention on the Word of God. As Ezra was reading the Word to those who had gathered together, we notice one thing, two things. First of all, they were listening intently. They were very attentive as they listened to the Word of God being spoken. And secondly, we notice that they did it for six hours. Now, I've decided that I'm going to try that, but I'm going to wait until I'm a little closer to retirement. Amen? Um, But anyway, here they are. They are focusing, giving their attention to the Word of God, and they did it for six hours. From morning till midday, they did listen to the Word of God. I wonder if we could do that today. Well, it seems that our attention span seems to be very limited. You know, on Wednesdays, one thing that we struggle with is attention span. Amen? Uh, You have some that have attention span about that big, and then you have others, their attention span might be that big, but it ain't a whole lot better. And even adults, praise God, their attention span is not very large. But the attention span is important because you're here, I pray, to receive some life-giving truths from Scripture. When you walk out of here, you should walk out of here equipped with something that might help you be a better you. Amen? Something that might help you to be a better Christian, a better faithful believer. So we need to make sure that we do what these people did. And what did they do? They've come For a very specific reason. They came to the square. And they gathered together. Because they were seeking. They came intentionally. They came deliberately. Because they were seeking direction. From God's word. They weren't looking for shortcuts to the Christian life. No. They wanted to hear God's word and how God's word might totally reshape the way they live. When we become more engaged, when we become attentive like these uh, early believers were attentive, then friend, one thing will be very, very apparent, and that is this. We will want to worship God in response to the word of God. When you hear God's word today, I pray by the time I'm done, you're so ready to worship God, it ain't even funny. You want to lift your hands in praise. You want to honor the Lord, bowing down and glorifying Him. Because that's what should happen when you hear the word of God. Now, let's be clear here. I mentioned this in my life group. We do not worship this book. We worship the author of this book. And he has written down these many, many things, not for his benefit, but for your benefit and mine. And so if that is for our benefit, then we should certainly cling to the word of God. Now, I want you to notice also that all these people who had gathered together in the town square were all in agreement to what was being said in this book. How do you know, Bill? Well, they responded with a double amen. They said, amen, amen. Man, I'm lucky if I get one amen, but it's less two, amen. That's what I'm screaming. Man, I'm thankful. 
when people respond, amen, to the Word of God. But what they were saying really here is, yes, Lord, we agree with you. Yes, Lord, it is as you say it is, and we're going to follow your direction. But notice something else. When these folks came into the open square, when they gathered together, they came to worship and they didn't check their brain and check their heart at the door. No, they came into that square ready. Ready to worship, being fully engaged in every part of their life. Did you see them lifting their hands up to God? Man, they don't care who's watching them. They don't care if somebody's watching them raise their hands. Why? Because they're lifting their hands to an audience of one. Did you hear them bowing their faces down to the ground? You see, the lower they get, the greater God gets in their sight. By bowing down, they were recognizing how much they need God. They were recognizing how indebted they were to God and how undeserving they were of God's mercy. Lifting their hands and bowing their faces to the ground in worship. But there's another important part of this worship experience that we see going on in Jerusalem. And that is understanding this. God's word, every single time you hear it, God's word should have an impact on your life. You may get one verse come over your phone. You may have a, a, a passage in your personal Bible devotion. You may hear it on Sunday morning. But whenever you hear it, whenever you read it, it should have an impact on your life and how you live. Sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we miss things as we seek to understand the Word of God. And that's why it's such a blessing to have a teacher. You know, it's, that's why it's such a blessing to have somebody who will invest time into learning the Scriptures, uh, learning the sense of the Word, so they will share it with you and I. Right? We all have need of a teacher. It's such a great benefit. Because often, no matter who you are, no matter where you are in your spiritual walk, we need a teacher. We need someone to help us understand God's Word. Sometimes we need someone who can help, help us understand how God's Word should impact our lives. We all stand in need of having a teacher. And notice there in verses 4 and in verse 7 that we find the names of 24 people. 24 people and an unknown number of Levites and they had the responsibility, the word says, of helping the people understand God's word. They had the responsibility of giving the sense of God's word. Helping to explain the meaning of God's word. And apparently what they did is they broke the entire group that had gathered together. They broke them into small groups. Right? And they had one teacher per group. And as they broke them into small groups, that was a place where the members of the group could ask questions and hear answers. Now, I can't speak for you, 
But that sounds a whole lot like life groups to me. Amen? That sounds like Sunday school to me, where we meet in small groups so that we can converse and discuss the truths that we find in God's Word. That's so important, friend, because what happened then can happen now. And I want you to know that God's Word is relevant. It is as important today as it was back then. And I want you to know that if you're not plugged in to a life group, here's your sign, amen? You need to be plugged in to a small group Bible study that will minister to you, love on you, and help us all to understand the Word of God. So important. Because when we focus on God's Word like we should... Our worship will be changed. When we focus on God's word, our impact outside this building will be changed. But most importantly, when we focus on God's word, God is exalted. That is the reason why we spend time in this word. That is the reason why we study God's word. Is because ultimately, we want God to be exalted Through the way we live. We want God to have his influence on us. But also through us. For our children, our families. Our friends and our co-workers. So very important. So if our first response is to exalt the Lord through his word. Then our second response to God's word. Must be to enjoy life change. Through God's word. Let's continue reading in verse 9. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people and said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. That's interesting. Don't cry. Don't mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the word of the law. And then he said to them, go your way and eat the good food. Drink the sweet and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still for the day is holy. Don't be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, send portions, and listen, to rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Friends, did y'all hear the reaction the people had to hearing the Word of God? The Bible says that the people mourned. Now, mourning happens when someone close to you dies. They mourned as though someone had died. They mourned and they wept. Why did they do that? Just by hearing the word of God. Well, the word of God had exposed their sin. The word of God had uncovered their flaws. The word of God had revealed their transgressions against God. And when this happened, their consciences were touched and their hearts were broken. Friends, can I tell you, we need 
the conviction that God's Word brings. We need that conviction. Hebrews 4.12, the Bible says, For the Word of God is living, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You see, friend, without God's Word, our hearts would grow cold as ice. Without God's Word, I believe that our necks would get stiff with pride before God. Without God's Word, I believe that our lives would be rendered ineffective for the glory of God. Without God's Word, we would become self-centered, self-absorbed, and we would become casual about God and cavalier about the important things of God. And this is where we need courage. This is where we need courage to listen to the word of God. We've got to be willing. Willing to allow God to point out with surgical precision the ways that you and I are missing the mark. We need to allow God to point out with surgical precision the ways that we might be neglecting our God-given purpose. But listen, friend, this will not be comfortable. Conviction rarely is comfortable. Conviction often breaks our hearts. Conviction often grieves our spirit as we learn that we have sinned against a holy God. You may realize like King David did in Psalm 51. Against you and you only, Lord, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That conviction can be heartbreaking. Because you see, ultimately, friend, all sin is against God. Yeah, somebody else might get hurt in the process. But all sin ultimately is against God. But praise the Lord. That ain't the end of the story. I hope you heard it there. Because we're told to move from sorrow and grieving and weeping and sadness. We're told to move from all that to joy. In Psalm 35, the Bible says that his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure through the night, but praise God, joy comes in the morning, amen. So we don't stay in that place of conviction and sadness and mourning. We move on to joy. But you know, so many Christians, man, they walk around. Man, I sure am excited to be in Jesus. Man, I'm so happy to be serving the Lord. Man, you look at them and you say, hey, I ain't buying what they're selling, amen? And if they're that happy in the Lord, if they're that excited to be serving Jesus, then somebody needs to tell their face, right? I mean, it's crazy. But as the praise song goes, God turns our mourning into dancing. He gives beauty for ashes. He turns shame into glory. He turns graves into gardens, bones into armies and seas into highways. 
Listen, my friends, season, the season of sorrow may come. But God will never, ever, ever leave you in that season forever. The season of sorrow may come, but God will never leave you there. Joy is not found in our circumstances. Joy is not found in prosperity. Joy is found in the Lord. And joy is the result of turning from our sins. Joy is the result of discovering the grace of God that purchases our forgiveness of all sin. The Bible says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. None whatsoever. And so we need to realize that God gives us forgiveness and that's reason to celebrate. You have reason to celebrate in your life. That is reason We have our prayers heard. We have God's promises fulfilled. We see our sins being cleansed. We find our strength renewed. And that's reason to celebrate because joy is the result. But you know what else we need to do? We need to tell other people the reason for our joy. Other people need to know there are a lot of sad people out there. Amen? And they need to know the reason that you have to be so joyful. For the people of Nehemiah's day, it was time to celebrate. It was time to celebrate, not because the wall was done. No, it was time to celebrate because they heard and they understood the word of God. They understood that, yes, they were sinners, but God was a graceful God. And he offered forgiveness for the sins that we commit. And as a result, friend, those people had joy unspeakable. Because they were right with God. So, friend, do you have the courage to hear? Do you have the courage to hear what you need to hear? Sometimes we don't want to hear, right? Sometimes we don't want to hear things that we need to hear. But we need to realize that when it comes to the Word of God, We need to hear them for our own benefit. For our own benefit. You know, airplanes land on runways. But when you're looking down at that runway from about 10,000 feet, that runway looks about that thin, and you say, there ain't no way this big plane is landing on that. And so you say, why can't it land in this big old cornfield over here? Why can't it land over here in the Tennessee River? There's more than enough room for that. There's more than enough room for that. So we know the reason why they don't land in a cornfield. We know why they don't land in the Tennessee River. And that is because airplanes are designed to land in a runway, not a river. Right? And so in the same way, friend, you are designed to hear the word of God. But it's not enough just to hear it. You also, we also need to respond to the word of God in our lives. If we don't, then true joy will become an escapable premise for us. But I want you to know today, friend, for your own benefit, if you'll hear the word of God and respond to it in a positive way, true joy for you is right around the corner. True joy and true peace. It's otherworldly. It's not like the things of this world. The, the uh, prosperity and the popularity. 
Those things pass. But the joy that God offers is eternal. I believe that our joy comes from who God is. Our joy comes from what God does, from what God says, and from what God offers to those who believe in Him. So let's look forward to what God has to say to us in His Word because it's for our own benefit. Let's look forward to what God is preparing for us even today in heaven. I read in his book, The Applause of Heaven, Max Licato tells about flying home after being gone for about a week. And he said, I know that when I come home, I'm going to be walking down that airport terminal, and I'm going to round the corner, and I'm going to see my wife there with a great big smile, and I'm going to see two excited little girls waiting there for me. And my youngest daughter is going to be doing this. My daddy was gone, but my daddy is home. Amen. Applauding because dad's come home. One of these days, you and I are going to walk through the corridors of heaven. And when you do, you'll see Paul over there and you might see Peter over there. You might even bump into Moses or Elijah. But finally, you're going to round the corner into the throne room of God. And you're going to see our Heavenly Father seated on His throne with His only begotten Son, Jesus, seated at His right hand. And then you're going to hear the applause of heaven celebrating because you've come home. And the people and the angels and your God is excited your home. You'll be able to enjoy God and God will be able to enjoy you for all eternity. When we embrace the word of God, when we obey the good news that it offers, you and I can live with absolute confidence that heaven is ours. You don't have to hope you're going to heaven, friend. Heaven can be yours by understanding what the Word of God says and obeying the good news that it offers. And it's not only just heaven, it's also that joy, that eternal joy that is waiting for you. So listen, be of good courage. Be of good courage. Jesus might come back today. And this that I've described might be waiting for you this evening. Be of good courage. Hear the word and embrace it. Embrace the word of God and find real joy in your covenant relationship with God. Hear the word of God and exalt him in worship every opportunity you get. Because worship, friend, is the very best response when we recognize that God has given us a most precious gift. Look, He's given us His words to live by. What a gift He's given us. Let's hear God's word. Let's enjoy Him. Life's too short. 
Life is too short, friend, not to enjoy this life with God. We are not designed for sadness. We are not designed for grieving because God has spoken to us, because God has offered us forgiveness in Christ, because God gives us strength. Friend, we are designed to be full of joy. You're not designed to live in sadness or mourning. Only sin, only the effects of sin, can steal that joy from you. So my question to you today is this. Do you have that joy today? You can. But before we get to decision time, we're going to make sure that we do what Nehemiah and the people in Jerusalem did. Because after they heard the word of God, what did they do next? They exalted God. They worshipped Him in praises. Lifted up their hands, bowed their faces to the ground. They worshipped Him. And then after they worshipped Him, then they said, I'm deciding to make a change in my life. I'm going to accept Christ as my Savior. I'm going to, to, to follow through in believers' baptism. I'm going to be a part. I'm going to be a part of the body of Christ. I'm going to start living for God so that His joy can be manifest through me. Friend, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to worship. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father God, You are an awesome and amazing God. And Father, every time we hear Your words to us, not only are we... Uh, encouraged to, to change our lives, to honor you more. But, Lord, we're also inspired to worship. And, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that as we now follow through to exalt you the way you deserve, to worship you, Father, I pray that, Lord, it's going to be genuine. I pray that it's going to be uh, completely and fully engaged. And, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you're going to be honored and glorified as a result of how your people respond to hearing your word to them. And Lord, we look forward to the decision time that will follow, where we actually get to begin enjoying life change that comes as a result of your word. Father, accept our worship. We glorify you and magnify you today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.